Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer, joined in studio with Jeff Rutberg and Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio. Guys, we're back and ready to help start the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. The NBA and NHL seasons are now over. The drafts are coming up for each next week. The Phillies continue to have more downs than ups. And we're already counting the days until NFL training camp as the weather heats up. If the callers want to join us, join in on these or any other topics, you can call us 888-728-9941. Before we get started, let's welcome our co-host Jeff Rutberg back, who last week called us from the Special Olympics, where he was there rooting on his daughter, who had a successful time. You're a proud papa, right? Yes, yes. Thanks so, for asking. So tell us about it. Okay, so... She she competed in uh, bocce with mm-hmm. a, a teammate, her teammate Abby. Okay. And uh, it was only her second year competing in bocce, and they won the gold medal. They won. So you now have a gold medal winner. And and she, last year they won the bronze. This year they won the the gold. Well, it looks like so, they still can't wipe the smile off your face. Well, it, it was it was worth it baking in the sun watching bocce. <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a game that uh, it's tough to just watch when you're really hot. Well, we'll have uh, you play next time, Jeff. I I could. They, they have inclusion. Uh, it's called a unified, and you can get a parent or a, a friend uh, playing along with them. We'll, we'll sponsor. Yeah. You. It, I'm, okay. I'm, oh, that would be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you were able to be there with her last week. We tried not to screw things up too bad on the show. No, you didn't. I, I, think, I, we, I think we did okay. Yeah, you uh, did. Jeff Cohen well, decided to come back this week again, so I didn't chase him away. No, let me let me just uh, shout out to all the participants in the uh, Special Olympics New Jersey, all the coaches and all the all the uh, the athletes. Who uh, some won medals and uh, actually everybody won something. Everybody's no, a winner. Every, for, everybody's everybody. a winner for participating. Yes, there. Per, and, that's right. And, and we're that's, glad that's that, their motto. we're glad that you could be there to celebrate it, and we're glad that you're back with us this week, Jeff Cohen. I didn't chase you away last week. I'm glad that you decided you, to rejoin. You certainly us. try. I try. I always yeah. try. I mean, I, I do my best. But so, what's going on? How are you this week? I'm a little sad. Why? Because uh, the NBA and the NHL came to a, an end. So you're tired of <sighs> and NBA we're, and lots? We're, yeah. So happy they're done. But the good news is, for anybody who wants to see an action sport, yeah. we have the U.S. Open. That's right. Because not only you get to see the guys hit the ball, and they are good, but you might have a blimp fall down you on you at any moment. That was crazy. Did you guys see that? Yeah. The, the yes. blimp fell. Yes. The pilot got injured, actually. Yeah, I think he's I think he's better now. And Had other some... people, I think, parachuted out of the blimp. Yeah, to get out of it. Yeah. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever seen that at a sporting event before mm-hmm. where, where that's happened. Um, I, you... I, I, don't, I don't think that helped for, like, the overhead shots. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you want to watch people hitting the ball, watch the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let okay. Well, so we'll start with the golfers the Phillies. hit them farther. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll start with the Phillies. So, up until yesterday, the Phillies had lost eight in a row. Um, fans are continuing to try and watch and get through it. See, but that's that's the negative way to say. It. You I'm sorry, say the Phillies won, are on a one-game one winning streak. Right. I would like to make sure that I am Thank you. optimistic. They have a one-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Pavetta threw seven shutout innings. Yes. They it was a one nothing shutout against Chris Sale against Chris Sale who is a beast. Yes, yes. he's very good. Uh, he made our batters not hit the ball. Right. Yeah. Um, there wasn't very much going on. But look, you're right. We're on a winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. One in a row. Yep. Is, is it a streak if you only have one, or do you have to hit two? <laughs> I mean, for the Phillies, we just take it when we can get why, it. Why? Why are you arguing? I, you I, should just be happy. I, I can argue with myself all day long. <laughs> See, the Phillies did something that they don't normally do. They Knapp got a hit and then was followed with a, a, a long double. 
teams that can can uh, a guy can get on the leadoff hitter can uh, either hit a infield hit, steal second base, go to third on a uh, ground out, and then score on a fly ball. Yeah, they ball. played a little. That's fundamental baseball. The Dodgers are known for that. The Yankees. It's good to see them getting back to that a little bit. Jeff, what did you see this week uh, that got your attention, that disappointed you, that made you happy? Altair hit another couple home runs this week. He has been an amazingly pleasant surprise. Right? Uh, Who would have expected that at the beginning of the season? Nobody. I mean, the problem was is that last year, because his, his arm wasn't, his wrist wasn't recovered, Everybody had last year's impression as, on, as what was on their mind. Is that basically the same as Jason Worth? What is, do you mean? Is, is he, Jason Worth came here as potential prospect, all these tools, had an injury, had to recover, and then all of a sudden made himself into something as a Philly. Is, is that the same type of thing we're seeing here where no. he had an injury last year and now he's going to come back from it and be stronger and be able no, to do cause, something? Because I don't think anybody thought Jason Worth was coming back from the injury that he had. But they thought and he was kind of left on the on the, the heap there. And it was the I think he was with the Dodgers at the time. He didn't come up with the Phillies. No, he was from the Dodgers. Althair is somebody who was drafted by the Phillies. And, I mean, I've seen him at every level of minor league baseball. He's your son's favorite player, right? He's one of them, one yeah. Of them, yeah. Um, and he seems like a great guy on top of it. So he's a guy – He lo- he's the kind of guy the Philly can just jump on and root for. The problem is they don't have enough of those guys. And another one of those guys who's turned into something good is Caesar. Who is now out for six weeks. Exactly. And and that's so disappointing because he was having such a good season. And it also helped with the future of the franchise because it, it allowed the Phillies not to force people up sooner than they needed to come up. Because now, now, of course, now everybody's clamoring. Some fans would argue for, yes. with you that um, they are taking too long. Uh, I, I believe uh, Mr. Rutberg, our co-host, believes mm-hmm. that some of the Phillies players should be given shots sooner. Uh, Mr. Cohen, I believe you disagree with some of those players for other reasons. Jeff Rupper, who do you want to see up on the Major League roster right now? Uh, uh, Dylan Cousins and uh, uh, Nick Williams and uh, Reese Hoskins. All right, Jeff Cohen, your response on why they should or should not be here right now. First of all, I love Cousins. He, he he looks like Mike Stanton as far as his build, his strength, his speed. Yes, but he ain't ready. Okay. A- and Why not? And For I our know, listeners who haven't been to the game. Well, games. that's it. That that's that's what people need to understand about minor league baseball and what you see when you see statistics. Statistics can like Dylan Cousins is hitting the cover off the ball when he hits the ball. He was striking out more than half of his at bats the first quarter of the season. He's starting to put it together. He's up to about 240, 250. But I've seen him a couple times now. And he hasn't put it together yet. Okay, so, so he for, needs more season. Yeah, so for all of those people that are clamoring to see Dylan Cousins, those are the exact same people who are going to be booing him and yelling at him when he strikes out the first nine out of ten times that he's up. We would never boo here. Well, that's, no, that's no, not no. what you want. Nick Williams, on the other hand, was the kid who last year had a little bit of trouble. He wasn't running things out. They benched him a few times. But this year, he looks really good. He's not hitting 300 in AAA. He's hitting about 280. He hits the ball hard. He's kind of a line drive hitter who will hit maybe 15, 20 home runs. Uh, he plays a really good outfield. If if you're going to bring somebody out for the outfield at this point, and I don't, I really don't see the value to Michael Saunders. They're not going to get anything to tra- for trading for him. He's, I think he's batting 206 or close yeah, to that right. now. He has one of the lowest OPSs in the league. So you're not going to get anything for him. Put him on the bench. Let him be a pinch hitter. He's got the experience. And let Nick Williams come up. Now, the last guy that you mentioned is Reese Hoskins. 
Reese Hoskins started as hot as can be in minor league baseball. He's hit some long home runs. Yes, but his batting average has come back down to earth. He's not hitting as many home runs. And you can't be critical of Tommy Joseph right now. No, he was, right. He is, he's had a great May or, and a great June. He started off slow. And he's one of the productive players in the Phillies lineup. But Bruce, so what So what are you going to do? You're just going to throw him to the wayside so you, just so you can bring up a prospect? It doesn't make sense to do that. But Brock Stassi is not, uh, not playing much. Brock Stassi was one of those guys who's a feel-good story, but he was never going to be your starting first baseman. And it here's the thing. I don't want to bring a player up just to say that we brought them up. So but they that's can what sit on the bench say. and not get experience. If they have a need and they're, they're going to play them, bring them up and play them. But if you're just going to sit them on the bench, right. I, I'd rather them play every day in the minors, get seasoning, become more ready. I know it's frustrating for fans. We all want to see a better product on the field. Right. And second base is what really, I think, brought this to the head. So let's talk about about. that for a second. Is you had a potential all-star second baseman in Cesar Hernandez. You had a guy in AAA named Valentin who was a really good fielder and a good hitter. He ended up getting hurt for the season. And you have Kingery, who was their second-round pick a couple years ago, who was leading all of minor league baseball in home runs but isn't a home run hitter. But he was batting really well. He's in the zone, but he's a double-A hitter, which means he's never faced pitchers that throw off speed stuff. So you wouldn't have him make the jump directly? No. You just don't do especially in the Eastern League. The Eastern League is all fastball pitchers. They, they play in a bandbox in Reading. So he would at least need to get a couple dozen games in AAA to see if he can hit off-speed stuff. Because that's what happens. You go to AAA and you actually learn whether or not you can play in the major leagues. But but now all these injuries have happened. Your AAA starting second baseman's hurt. Your major league second baseman's hurt. And everybody's now clamoring, bring Kingery up tomorrow. Uh, Clintech can't just bring a guy up and stick him to the wolves here. Well, they could put him in AAA. That, they should do that. That they should do. Yeah. They should put him in AAA. If you've got an opinion and you're listening in the car or wherever you are, make sure to weigh in on what you think the Phillies should be doing right now at 888-728-9941. Okay, so let's go back to the minors for a little bit. It was the Major League Draft this week. Mm-hmm. Jeff Cohen, you are our minor league connoisseur. What did you think about the draft picks? Well, the first-round pick people, I, I haven't seen the guy play. But everybody's comparing him to last year's first round pick, which is Mickey, Mickey Moniak. Um, he's a little he's more, older. He's more a, he, he went to the University of Virginia. He hit 390, 14 home runs, 56 RBIs, did very well. Uh, they're going to move him quickly. Most of their picks were college players this year, it, it, which makes me a little nervous. I'm hoping that the Phillies aren't doing this because they feel that they have to rush p- people to the majors so that they get out of the funk that they're in. That was my question. Is this an indication that they don't believe that the rebuild can go on as long as they may have thought? I, I think that Clintech and the Phillies were very honest up front this season. They told you that they weren't going to be a playoff team, that they needed more pieces. Do you think that how much the team has struggled – has forced them to try and speed up that process, and that's reflected in these draft picks. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this because the Phillies have been burned by these first-round picks. A high school body and a high school 
mentality. You just don't know how they're going to progress. Oh, I can and, tell you, my high school body is much different than my current one. Don't worry, <laughs> I, it didn't it didn't progress nearly as well as I was hoping for. There. I, I mean, if you if you look at some of their first round picks, they have been a train wreck because they picked athletes, and now everybody's got the microscope on J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford can't hit two hundred, and for some reason. I think this is all mental, by the way. I don't think he's lost his skill because I actually saw him play a couple times in the last couple weeks. What scares me is he was supposed to be a slick fielder, and I saw him in the low minors, and he was. He booted a ball last week that pretty much every 12-year-old I ever coached could get. <laughs> and it was scary to watch it because you could tell it was all mental. All mental. Yeah. He's in his own head. He's it, trying. It's, it's he's... clear, and he is pressing, and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, him. he's not just playing the game. It's not coming to him. Jeff Rupberg, do you have faith you are our slightly jaded Phillies fan, <laughs> Philadelphia yeah. fan, yeah. as I, as I faith, might faith lovingly refer to it? Do you have faith in what the Phillies have done this year in trying to continue to restock their farm system with the, the yes, theory of going yes. with college kids as yes. opposed to high school kids that are less proven? They, they uh, drafted this uh, college kid, uh, second, uh, Spencer, right-handed pitcher. They say that he was one of the best uh, pitchers in the draft, So, and that's good. We definitely need pitching. There's no doubt about that. All right, I'm going to leave the Phillies there for a few minutes, and before we move on to the break, I wanted to talk a little bit about some news that broke today, right, about the uh, Louisville scandal and what it means for the NCAA, what it means for Louisville, and what it means for Rick Patino. Jeff Cohen, I'm going to let you explain first. Uh, very simply, the Louisville Cardinals apparently decided to allow strippers and prostitutes in their dormitories to help with recruiting high school athletes. That's the allegation. Uh, that's not how it's supposed to happen? Last time I checked, no. So as a lawyer, yeah, your thoughts on that recruiting process, as it may have been? Uh, and, I don't know. As a lawyer, the, as a person, <laughs> I, I, I find the whole thing rather repulsive. Okay. I mean, Rick Pitino has never been my favorite person anyway. This isn't his first rodeo in Scandal. So is, so is, is your opinion colored by the fact that you're not a Rick Pitino fan? No. I, I just, I just no. asked him that, honestly. You, you, could, you could pick any coach that's pure as a driven snow, and there are none, by the way. But, but the fact is, is what, what he did, what his, what his staff did, and what went on for four years, I am tired of Rick Pitino not saying the buck stops here. So what happened is that the team records were vacated for mm -hmm. ineligible players from 2010 to 2014, and Rick Pitino is now suspended five games next season. Wow. Five whole games. Rick Pitino believes that he has now lost faith in the NCAA because of that. Yeah, I have too. Because <laughs> I would have had him fired. Because you wanted more. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that Jeff Rutberg agrees with you. Jeff, you don't know you don't believe the NCAA should be stepping in here with punishment. Is that is that no, correct? I don't, I don't want to mischaracterize wait, your position. A couple things about the NCAA. I don't think they have the right to uh, fine him. If the if Louisville wants to fine him, that that's one thing. The other thing is the NCAA, you can't just make the records disappear. They're, they happened. They, they won a, uh, an NCAA championship a few years ago. So you, it, it, it happened. It's there. The trophy is there. It's, not anymore. It's not. You know, well, <laughs> well they, they took, took away, away the trophy, but it, <laughs> okay, it so did happen. Okay, so let's address those points separately. I happen to agree. I don't like the vacating of wins. I understand it hurts the player 
by having their title taken away. But the fan was there to celebrate. And I don't know how much I mean, Jeff, you can Jeff Cohen, you could tell me as a Michigan uh, fan who had a title taken away. What is it? Well, feel not only like? that, my Michigan team lost to Louisville in the national championship while all these strippers and hookers were in well, the dorm room. Well, actually, they said they they're not going to award it to Michigan. Right. Well, I don't think they should do that. I mean, I mean, they should vacate it. And, and the reason, especially in this situation, in a, if if the football team where there's a hundred players and one person does something wrong, that's one thing. These players were either all involved in some way or should have known about it. I mean, it happened in the dormitories. It's a basketball team of 15 people. Are you telling me if you lived in a dormitory, nothing's a secret when you're in college? So I don't know how nobody knew what was going on. This seems to be a lack of institutional control. And even if it's not, quite frankly, who hired the guy who brought in these girls? And and it's just coming out now? It's been going on no, for years? No, it's been going on ago. for years ago, but they just yeah. finally ruled on it. So let's go back to your second point about the NCAA punishing Patino. Who should they punish if you don't think it should be him? Because Louisville should, should but Louisville's should, not. Louis, Louisville is the uh, is the one is their is his employer. I mean, they are, but they make money off of him being there, so they're not providing they the make discipline a ton of money off of, of him being, being the coach, and yeah. so they're not disciplining him in a way that the NCAA views as appropriate as the overseeing governing body. Now, I know people don't like the NCAA, but if you have a university unwilling to take steps that need to be taken in the eyes of some, who is the authority that would do it if not the NCAA? Well, is it a police matter? Well, it was a police matter, but it's a larger recruiting violation matter. You can't bring underage students and offer them women, which, by the way, I found the most insulting thing was Louisville's argument against the women. Or something like that? Saying that the value the, of the services doesn't warrant that big a penalty. Uh, that, it, was, it's, 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 that was honestly more disturbing and disgusting to me than the whole scandal was that they reduced it down in an argument to the value of the women that were hired to offer services to try and get players there to play a game. That was insulting. And, and that's who you want, Jeff, to actually find Rick Pitino. And that's is the, the problem. P- is, the, is the school that said that the value of the services wasn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to take in. It's, it's, I don't, uh, it, it, that was the part that really, look, I've, I've read about the scandal. I've seen what happened. I, I, I often find NCAA discipline and punishment to lag very far behind and often punish mm-hmm. people going forward. But they didn't do that. They weren't involved. Though. They didn't do that here. But it is a larger issue than Rick Patino. If Louisville's response is the women weren't worth the money. Oh, I would tell the athletic that's director dis- to hit the road too. That's disgusting. Yeah. Well, how about remember when? Uh, uh, what was it? Um, I lost my train of thought. It was Penn, Penn, Penn State and the the with, with Paterno. Uh, oh, I'm sure a lot of people remember that. We don't want to get yeah, too deep get into, too into, too that, deep but, into that. But but the NCAA. Yeah. But, oh, I, I know what I was going to talk about. It's the um, um, the bounty ball in uh, the NFL with uh, Sean uh, Payton. Uh, the the coach of the uh, Saints. Yes, and but was, they're professionals. He was, but he was suspended for a year. But they're professionals. Well, then, he's a professional then, coach then, with then, a different contract. If they're gonna, not going to fire him, then then they could suspend him for a year. But that was the same thing with but Patino. That's the opposite not, of the argument that why you not? just made. You just said the NCAA should do nothing to him. No, Louisville should suspend him. But they're not. Wait, the, that's, the that's Saints a, did not suspend Peyton. No, the NFL did. The NFL did it. 
the 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 league itself is the one that's forced to take the action because the team views views it as an action against their best interest. Okay, so they they want to uh, uh, make all these wins disappear. So what? Okay, we'll go back to it afterwards. We're going to have to run to a break because we're bringing on Rich Hoffman in the next segment and talk a little Sixers. Jeff, go uh, ahead. You're listening you? to The Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, Rich Hoffman with the Philly Voice to talk about the Sixers, the NBA draft, and the finals. Stay with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. with you on the heart of sports on 610 a.m. sports i'm jeff rutberg along with jeff cohen and jason springer why don't you give us a call at 888-728-9941 we do look forward to be joined uh, by callers afterwards but actually in this segment we're thrilled to have rich hoffman on the line who covers the sixers among other sports for the philly voice rich it's, i know it's a busy time of year for you thanks so much for giving us a few minutes thanks for having me guys so before we get to the draft and the Sixers, let's talk NBA playoffs real fast. What are your thoughts on the finals that just ended? Well, I mean, I think it's hard not to walk away from the finals thinking, you know, this Golden State, it looks like they're primed to dominate the NBA for at least the next couple of years until they get uh, their core guys become a little expensive. I mean, it it's scary how how good of a team that Cleveland is and how sort of overmatched they were in that finals. Like, they had to play perfect games to even stay competitive with those guys. So, I mean, it you know, it, it was a rough playoffs in a lot of aspects just because it, it really did feel anticlimactic. It, it felt like we knew what was going to happen. And, yeah, I mean, it's Golden State's the team that everybody's chasing at this point. Is that good for basketball, their dominance? It was, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I was hoping to see some exciting basketball other than game four. There wasn't, it, it wasn't very close at times, but you saw amazing skill. Is that good for the NBA? I think you hit the nail on the head with that, uh, with the way you sort of characterized it there. I mean, I, I go back and forth on it. On the one hand, watching Golden State play is a joy. Like, the the size and skill 
and athleticism, and athleticism that that team brings to the floor, and also Cleveland too, was just breathtaking to watch at times, and it was just so much fun to watch. And I, you know, I don't need a ton of parity in the league. I don't think that's the way the NBA operates. This isn't the NFL where a lot of teams have a chance in the playoffs. It's not the NCAA tournament. I don't think that would be good for it. I, I would like to see sort more than two teams at the top though. It, like, like, it was such, it was kind of a bummer from just a fan standpoint, Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Like, I totally understand what he did. He, he was a free agent. He was within his rights. But just from a fan, it was it was disappointing because he was the best player on their biggest rival. And when he moved over to that team, they just became completely unbeatable. And there wasn't really anybody else to push them in the way that Oklahoma City did last year. So I think on the one hand, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, watching Golden State every night, it, it sort of presents a villain and somebody that everybody's going to chase. Obviously, the finals ratings were terrific, so it's not like people were tuning out on, on it. But on the other hand, like I would like to see the conference finals and the finals be a little more competitive. That was disappointing with how uncompetitive Boston was. I know they have the number one pick, um, and you know San Antonio. Maybe not for long. Yeah, right. They, we'll talk about that in a second. The it, it, With the finals, you mentioned the ratings. It was actually the highest rated final since 1998, despite it only going five games with the the blowouts is but the regular season ratings were down across the board what lesson do you think the nba is going to take away from this season as a whole well i I think that makes sense right i think you know it's hard to say exactly what causes the ratings but i do think you know the finals obviously it had those two great teams but is there a possibility that the rest of the league you know the local fan bases and everybody else watching the regular season realized, hey, like these two teams are going to be in the finals. I, I, I do think that it was just a, a confluence of circumstances that Golden State was able to build this massive team. Um, I, I, I don't think – I think the NBA is generally in a good place. It's a younger league. It's a more exciting league. Their players are, are more accessible and they're, they're more fun than some of the other leagues. But, but I do think like – the, the NBA, they, they're they a little disappointed in how much of the power is concentrated in one and two teams. So I, I think that's something they're going to look to address in the next couple of years. How do you do that, though? You, you don't. I mean, you have to wait out Golden State. I, I mean, they. I, but I do know, just from listening to NBA executives talk, they weren't thrilled with how the playoffs were. And, and I'm not sure what they do. I mean, the salary cap's in place. I think you just have to wait out Golden State until – Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, you know, when they're up for new contracts, it's basically going to be financially impossible for Golden State to keep that team together. Um, I, you know, I think you have to wait and hope somebody in the East can can rise up and challenge them. Is there any chance that any of these Golden State free agents are going to leave? I mean, could Steph Steph Curry's would a free you, agent? Would you? Year? No shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why walk away from that opportunity to basically create a dynasty at this point? You've, you've got so much firepower. I mean, your star players can have off games. Uh, do you think that, before we move into the draft, do you think that Kevin Durant was validated a little bit with his move to Golden State? He's taken a ton of criticism about whether a star should go to another team or they should build their own. Where do you come down on that? Um, I mean, I personally would have liked to have watched him try and win a championship 
in Oklahoma City. I think uh, there might be something to the idea that a championship in Oklahoma City would have meant more than than the one in Golden State. Didn't it feel like this was like a least celebrated championship ever? Like yes. it, it was just sort of expected, yes. right? It, it was. It was not. It didn't have that triumphant feel that LeBron toppling the Warriors last year or Dirk winning in Dallas a few years ago. It just. It just didn't quite have that feel. So, it was he validated? I mean, I, if the goal is just to win a championship, yeah, it was a great move, and it seems like he's having a lot of fun. But like, I mean, Kevin Durant's been a great player for forever. He just happened to join a team that I don't think we've ever really seen before. Yeah, but he's the he's the best player on a great team. Do you think yeah. that with Steph? Yeah. yeah, I do. You think he's better than I, Steph? I, I think that he's... I thought he was dominant in this series. There, the, Cleveland just had no answer for him uh, in terms of the matchup challenges that he uh, possessed. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rich, this is Jeff Cohen. Uh, the, Golden State did lose somebody important in the last couple of days, didn't they? They lost Jerry West, right? Yeah. They, I mean, I, I, how, how big a move is it for Jerry West to leave Golden State and end up with the Clippers? Yeah, I don't really think it's that big of a deal, guys. I, I mean, that that team's. Let, let's just say, if if me and you, if us three were running that team, I, I don't think uh, we'd be too uh, too hard pressed to keep that moving forward. Uh, I, I do think like Jerry West was instrumental in building that team. Like he obviously, uh, if you listen to the reporting, he was when uh, there was a lot of talks that they were going to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love which at the time I think made a lot of sense, Clay Thompson, and quite broken out and become the player that, that he'd become now. He was the guy, he was the main voice of the room who said, hey, let's, let's hold it here. This guy, I think Clay Thompson is the guy that we want to keep here and keep the Splash Brothers together, and that proved to be the right move. But as far as him going to the Clippers, I, I, I think it means more for the Clippers than really the Warriors. I, they might be kind of moving away from the, Doc Rivers as coach and GM structure, but as far as the Warriors are going, they're in good hands with Bob Myers and Steve Kerr. So let's let's move to a little draft talk here, Rich. I saw that you prepared your own big board this week, uh, and you seemed impressed by a handful of players. But I got the impression you were, le- if it were you that were GM, that you would be leaning towards Josh, Josh Jackson or Tatum. Am I right about that? Yeah, Josh Jackson would be my third pick. I, I had Tatum a little further down. I had him at number six overall, which would have been, I guess, four when the Sixers picked. But, I mean, I, I like both of those guys a lot. I, I think it's a good top eight this year. Do you th- do you think Josh Jackson is the best pick because he's the best available, or, or do you think that he's the best pick for this Sixers team with the makeup that they have now? A combination of both uh, of a couple things. I, I do think he would he's the best available but the the big question with Josh Jackson is can he shoot and if you're a wing in the NBA who can't who doesn't really have a consistent jumper I mean you just saw in these finals like if if you can only play one end of the floor you're no good at the highest level of basketball right now and Josh Jackson is a guy who while he made 38 percent of his threes in college he uh his form has a lot of issues and he only shot 55 percent from the line which is a lot of the stat guys will tell you that's a bigger indicator for the pro game. But as far as his potential, I mean, he could be a two-way, you know, kind of stud. I mean, he He's a great passer. He's a fantastic athlete. He'd be able to guard small forwards. And if you're able to keep Joel Embiid healthy and pair Josh Jackson with him and Ben Simmons, like that would be a great fit. So I, that's sort of the rationale there. Now it seems like uh, 
seems like the Sixers might want to trade up for uh, for Markel Fultz here. The uh, over the past hour that uh, that reports come out that they're in pretty serious talks, which would kind of turn the whole draft on its whole head. Wow. What would the what would yeah. the Sixers have to give up to move up to that? Do you think? That's the question. It's uh, none of the reporting has come out. I mean, I. I would guess they would have to give up a future pick. How about Okafor? I mean, they, they, yeah, Okafor <laughs> can we throw him into Everybody's dream is to put Okafor in a deal and hope that somebody takes it. I don't see why you all think that will happen. Would two first-round, this year's first-round pick, next year's first-round pick, and they would have the choice of the Lakers pick or our pick, plus Okafor, would that get it done? <laughs> we'll see, man. I, you know, it's, I do it. The reporting is, is yeah, I, I would too. I think Markel Fultz is the best player in this draft. I'm not sure at the end of it. Like, I think he's the safest pick to be the top guy in the draft. Like, as I said, I like a lot of the top eight guys. Josh Jackson could be a star. Lonzo Ball could be a star. Jason Tatum could be a star. Dennis Smith, too. There's a bunch of guys who are really good players. But Markel Fultz is the guy I feel most confident with. And if the Sixers think he's the guy and they want to pair him up with Simmons and Embiid, I would have no problem with including one of – the Lakers pick next year or the Sacramento pick the year after. I think that's just the price of doing business. Rich, this is uh, Jeff Rutberg. Who do you think are the uh, other top options for the Sixers to take if they don't do a trade? Well, I mean, if Lonzo Ball drops down to number three, there's like a lot of reporting out of L.A. that Magic Johnson isn't quite as in love with Lonzo Ball as maybe it was first reported. I I know he attended the NCAA tournament game where Darren Fox scored 38 points not all on Lonzo Ball, but he certainly outplayed Lonzo Ball in that game. So if he were to drop to the Sixers, I think he would be a great fit with Simmons and Embiid. He's a really good shooter. I mean, his passing is, is terrific. And, like, sort of his weaknesses as far as one-on-one creation and his defense is a little questionable. I feel like that meshes perfectly with those Sixers two guys. So if the Sixers were able to get him at three, I think that would be great, too. How about uh, so, some uh, mock drafts have the Sixers picking this uh, guy, uh, Jonathan Isaacs, six eleven player who, who plays mostly defense. Would they would they do something like that? Would they spend a pick on that? Rich? Then, then why get rid of New Orleans Noel? Well, that's people, true. People can ask that question. He's uh, Isaac is a, another good fit with the Sixers. I don't think he quite has the upside to some of the other guys because, as you said, he was mostly a defensive player. But I do think his defense is the best in this draft. He's like, he's a six eleven guy who can move his feet, he blocks shots, he rebounds, and if you're confident in Ben Simmons and Embiid, like to have sort of a a souped up version of a three and D player in Isaac would be a great addition to the Sixers. I'm just not sure he has the upside of a guy like Jackson, who I think could be like so I've got a top option. Offensively or defensively. I've got two questions. I was following you yesterday from the Sixers practice facility as Malik Monk was in. Yes, I do. Um, He's I'm stalking one of those, you. I'm one of those people that follow on Facebook and see what what the players are doing. They can all make fun of me later. Um, so, your thoughts <laughs> on seeing Malik Monk on the court with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and then the second one to that afterwards. We talked about the Sixers potentially moving up. Something you also hear is that Sacramento might want to move up. Would you entertain moving down if you were the Sixers to like get five and ten for the third pick? Sure. I mean, if if Fultz and, and Ball were off the board, I, I would consider that because I, I think a lot of people think Sacramento wants the Aaron Fox, who who while I think is a good player, he's not my favorite. 
fit for the Sixers. Uh, I don't think Sacramento would trade five and ten. That is a lot to move up two spots in the draft, especially when you're not getting a slam dunk home run prospect. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what the Sixers do. Obviously, Malik Monk worked out there yesterday. He is a uh, he's a really good shooter, as anybody who watched college basketball knows this year. And the Sixers yesterday, it was interesting to watch them. They, they basically made him do everything else but shoot. They made him dribble against, you know, they had like four coaches and young players sort of pounding him defensively. They made him do defense work. They really wanted to see him you know, basically become uncomfortable and see, you know, let, let's see what your weaknesses look like. And obviously he would be another great fit with the Sixers. But, but yes, I, I would say this. As far as trading down goes, it would only be for the fifth and tenth pick. Okay. Rich, there, there's one guy in this, this draft that is just controversy and has trouble written all over him, and it's not even because of him. It's because of family member. <laughs> um, what do you think about Lonzo Ball coming here if Josh Jackson gets taken at two and Fultz gets taken at one? Well, from a Raiders standpoint, I would love it. Uh, <laughs> as, far as, the, uh, <laughs> as far as the web traffic, uh, LeVar Ball is a, uh, is a pretty hot topic on pretty much any platform you put him on. As far as that is concerned, I'm not that worried about it. Lonzo Ball, did you guys see the Foot Locker ad the other day? I thought that was. I thought that was fantastic. He made fun of his dad. Yeah, yeah, but but Rich, my concern is is even De'Aaron Fox said yesterday the the bullseye that the VAR has put on his son's back. It's a difficult jump from college to the NBA. It's a difficult time in life in becoming an adult. And to have that added pressure put on you because you now have a bullseye. Every game that he comes out and play, everybody from the other team is going to make sure he doesn't score. And, and I, yeah, I, uh, there could be some of that. I, I, I think so, and especially, I, you know, making fun of Michael or making fun of Michael Jordan with however ridiculous that claim was. But poking <laughs> current oh, you don't player, think he could beat like, Michael Jordan? No, did you see him hoop on uh, on Twitter? He's, he's averaged like point four points per game in college. Uh, that was the coach's but, fault. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, but yeah, as far as that goes, like you know, say what you want about Michael Jordan because he's not in the league right now. Michael Jordan is going to come back and defend Lonzo. As far as like poking LeBron and Steph Curry, I'm not sure that was the smartest move in the world. But to your point, though, I'm not that worried about it. I think. Lonzo's a smart kid. He'll figure it out. I think once people get to know him in the NBA and see that he's just, he seems like a very normal kid with just a sort of an over-anxious father. He, he might have a couple tough nights as a rookie. You know, the first night he shoots up for six as a rookie, I'm sure that'll be pretty high up on the sports center. They'll make sure to, to put that there. But so, I do think he's smart enough to figure it out. All right. Well, how, how about a, a pass draft pick? What's the latest on Furkan Korkmaz, if I'm, I'm saying that right? I just want to make Jeff say that name over and over Yeah, again. he's been waiting for that moment. <laughs> well, the Sixers have uh, they sort of stacked up the Furkans. They had Furkan Altamir a few years ago. He didn't, he didn't really pan out quite as well. They, uh, see they that, have a see monopoly that, on. Rich, that shows that you're a basketball expert, because I guarantee you almost nobody knows that the Sixers drafted two Furkans. They could be the fighting Furkans. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, the puns are great with <laughs> with Burkan, for sure. Is so he, so is uh, he coming this year? I would be surprised. I I would sort of lean towards no because his buyout just is is too high for the amount. Like the Sixers are capped mm-hmm. with a certain like they can only contribute so much money to the buyout. It's very similar to what happened with Dario Saric years ago, where the the buyout will eventually start to go down, and uh, you know the, in the next couple of years. But in general, I don't think they want him here quite yet because. One, he's only 19 years old, and he's still a pretty skinny kid. I think they'd like him to develop more and get heavy heavy minutes sort of in Europe. And two, you know, I know the Sixers aren't exactly a loaded roster yet, but they have a lot of guys on the wing, with young players who they are invested in. They have Nick Stauskas. They have uh, Timothy Lawawu. They have Justin Anderson, who they traded Nerlens for. They have a bunch of guys. They have Robert Covington. They have a who I, I think they're probably going to give an extension. This yeah, summer. they re-signed him. They extended him, right? Yeah. <clears throat> they, they, picked, they picked up his option. I think yeah. they, they might give him a long-term extension this summer. I, I, I would That would be my guess anyway. So they, they have a lot of young players who they're trying to figure out, is this guy going to be a long-term piece for us, or are we going to have to part ways? So I, my guess is that they would like him to stay over for at least one more year in Europe. Well, we appreciate you coming on and, and educating us a little bit about the draft. We hope you'll join us again in the future after it. Keep us updated on the Fighting Firkins and uh, let us know how things go. We look forward to reading your work in the Philly Voice. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thank you. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great one. All right. Uh, you're listening to the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. We're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll talk about the Eagles and we'll also talk about the upcoming um, uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Conor McGregor fight. If you'd like to call us, give us a call at 888-728-9941. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Great to be back with you on the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. I'm Jeff Rutberg, along with Jeff Cohen and Jason Springer. Why don't you give us a call at 888-728-9941. All right, guys. Got a question for you. What is the most that you have ever paid or would pay to go to a sporting event? Jeff Rutberg, I know you are not going to guess on the high end of this. No, no. (laughs) uh, uh, I guess... 
I've, I've spent more on Broadway than I have on sporting events. So, okay. so there's uh, a value there's to a value. something like that. Yeah, so, um, uh, I don't know, $150 or something. Okay, That's I don't think it. that was going to get you into the Golden State game. Jeff no, Cohen. it's not. <laughs> Jeff Cohen, how much would you spend? Because I'm going to tell you how much somebody spent for two tickets afterwards. It, it depends on the event. I mean, for, for me, it's college football. So or college basketball, and I think the most that I ever spent, I don't remember the amount, but I think the most I ever spent was probably on the NCAA championship game to see the Louisville team beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. <laughs> That's right. So you, so as a lawyer, do you have uh, the ability to ask for your money back? Because no, the game I, I didn't just happen. want the banner. I don't want the the I, win didn't happen. Now, Nick Stauskas, if you are out there, I am with you. You need to get that banner. Okay, so. Neither of you would be able to afford. Ben, how much would you pay f- to go to uh, a game? Most I ever spent was, it was like uh, 120 for the Eagles-Packers playoff game okay. where we threw it to Riley Cooper. And, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for bringing me down there. So Ben jumps in and says 120. So none of you would even be able to afford a piece of popcorn for the tickets. that uh, Somebody paid $133,000 for two tickets courtside for Game 5 Golden State against Cleveland. Can you imagine if they would have lost? Somebody's going to close on a house today that's going to cost less less than than it cost this person Mm -hmm. to get two tickets courtside for one game that wasn't even close. Well, it was close for a while. It was not close. It was not one hundred thirty-three thousand. They got at least seventy thousand dollars worth. It was not one hundred thirty-three thousand dollars close. So I, admittedly, am where were the the, what I didn't see is where where did they sit? Courtside, someplace courtside. Did they at least get to like sit next to Rihanna or somebody? I don't know. Darren Ravel tweeted it. So if we try and get him on the show, we'll have to ask him about that because it. I mean, they should have been feeding you food and letting you dribble the ball in the game for one hundred and thirty-three grand. Okay, you You should be able to. You should have gotten the final shot. You should have gotten the final shot for one hundred. They don't cut down the net in the NBA, but they should let you cut down the net after the game. You could get a uh, an Eagles box uh, for uh, less than that. I could get a nice car to drive to the Eagles. Box for less than that. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that amount of money. And look, I'm an admittedly a cheap person, okay? I, I don't like to spend a ton of money on those things. That was a little bit much for me. Just a bit much. But speaking of the high cost of things, we now have a super fight or a super circus or something like that. I'd go with the second. Um, August 26th, yeah. we are going yeah. to have Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor. Now, I'm going to give you guys the projected breakdown, according to Mike and Mike, who air on this station, of how much total money will be made off of this fight. Ticket sales, they estimate $77 million. Pay-per-view buys, $475 million. Sponsorships, $22 million. Merchandise, $2 million. Nevada betting, $30 million. Jeff's trying to do the math they, over here. They, His head's going to explode. They <laughs> estimate that this fight will projected bring in $606 million. Las Vegas hotels How are much already, is the pay-per-view? Uh, oh, I would say easily, easily over 100 Yeah. I mean, would you? Okay, so again, we're getting back to what would you pay for sports? You wouldn't pay 133 grand for seats. But if they came out and told you. You didn't ask me if I would. But if they came, you would not. Don't even even try. If they came out and told you that this pay per view is 150 bucks, you dropping that? Because I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are going to say no, and a lot of people are going to do it because of the spectacle of it. Yes. That, that's why. Because now, you don't ha- want to miss it. Well, I have an issue with it because Floyd Mayweather represents a lot of bad things to me, and, and I have a hard time funding his his life after the things that he's done to other people. Okay. Um, 
So you're going to be rooting for Conor McGregor? I, I, I'm not going to be rooting for anybody. To me, I grew up with in a boxing era that had not only the great heavyweights, but had Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns and Sugar, and Sugar Ray, Ray Leonard. Leonard. And who were boxers? Boxers, boxing was pretty the way they did it. There, there was a science to it. This is a spectacle. Th- this is a joke. I well, mean, well, it's, it's an MMA guy who right. has no background in boxing. Boxing, actually, there's thought that goes behind the movements of boxing. And, and Floyd Mayweather is known for dancing around people. He's not a power puncher. Tell me how you really feel, Jeff. That's the thing. I think, but that's why people are going to watch it. Well, that's that's. I wanted you to get to that. That uh, McGregor is a a mixed martial arts uh, uh, fighter, and that's a lot different from boxer. I I just styles make fights, and I don't see how the styles make this one. McGregor's not a professional boxer, and Mayweather's style is defensive to avoid getting hit where he turns his shoulder in. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the style that's going to make this an exciting fight. So here's my question. Well, did you see? Not only is the style differently, but they've put stuff in the contract. That he's not allowed to kick him, or any, you, you weren't allowed to anyway because it's boxing. But <laughs> Are they I think he's going to forget. No, apparently they can sue him if he does that. <laughs> you know what's go- else is going to happen? You know how they in boxing they clutch each other. Well, in um, mixed martial they arts, throw them. they pick them up <laughs> and they knock them to the ground. They, you know, and push them to the ground and, and jump on top of them. It's like wrestling. It's, but, it's like Rocky IV. Look, the, look, the, look the what throw right. in Russia when but, he throws them. But look what happened to boxing. Boxing has gone so far down. You couldn't name two boxers. Well, I you, can, but I'm the wrong person. Wait, wait, to ask. Isn't Why? Because there's two of them named Klitschko. No, no I, I know <laughs> other ones. Actually, tonight. I like Anthony Joshua better than the Klitschkos. There's, there's, it's. It used to be Here. such a great sport, and wait. now it's not. Word Kovalev. That's tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night. I can't yeah. wait to see that rematch. So I saw Kovalev. And what fight. what channel's that on? Uh, Pay per view. I saw, uh, HBO pay-per-view. I saw Kovalev fight at Revel before it closed for my bachelor party. and Which time? <laughs> thank, my, Not bachelor party. Revel closing. I was going to say, be careful. My wife is listening. Don't get me in trouble here, Jeff. And Kovalev unloaded a shot to the liver on his opponent that echoed through the arena and made my liver hurt. I can't wait to see the rematch tomorrow night of of Ward Kovalev. That that's something that I'm looking to see. But there are, and we'll have some boxing guests on as we get closer to the show to talk about it more. On the undercard, would you put boxing or MMA? Boxing. So it you're gonna have I don't think MMA straight boxing fights, or would you have other MMA boxers fighting? I I don't I just I can't get into MMA. Okay, so here's my question though: What does it do for boxing if if Mayweather actually loses? <laughs> Nothing. Wow. Mayweather will make the excuse he's 40 years old. So you it, don't think it means anything if the sweet science is beaten by no, an MMA I, guy? No, that's that's the thing about this. This is all spectacle. It means nothing to the history of either sport. Well, I, here's the thing: um, I, I was reading today that it one trainer was interviewed and he said that it it would take him a year to teach McGregor how to box. That doesn't surprise and, me. And he's talking about two months here. So either no, no, McGregor's no, no. Well, he's get, been training well, for a count. while. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about this on and off for, for the last years. two years. They've been So McGregor's had time, and I think McGregor does have some boxing background or from earlier in his career. Can we just talk about so, how good a job not, they've done promoting this, by the way, that everybody knew about this thing before it was official yeah, for the huh. longest time? Well, that's what boxing is best at, and now MMA. I mean, Dana White has done an amazing job turning that niche sport into something that was worth billions. It is uh, the the promotion behind it, and, and as we go forward, what we see will happen. 
there there will be lots of excitement as we get closer to Vegas on the 26th. We will reach out to some of our, some of our boxing friends and have further conversations. Guys, I got a question can, wait, for Wait, can we go live and do the show in Vegas? Uh, ben, yeah. producer, uh, do you think you could get that done for us? Hop on on. Yeah, sure. You'll, I'll get, get right you'll on put that. a voucher yeah. in for us, yeah, get us out to that. Vegas. Ring, <laughs> ringside, right? Because we don't want to sit in the bad seats. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, we want to be able to see. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the Luxor. Let's, all right. Just making sure that we're all good. We'll get it set up. Appreciate that. Thanks, Ben. Uh, so now that we know we're going to Vegas, let's talk about Major League Baseball having a players weekend where their players can wear nicknames and personalized shoes. So who's going to be the he hate me of baseball? Oh, Rod Smart was just assigned by the Phillies. Uh, is he, are they going to bring yeah, him he's in? He's going to bring in. He hate me. Well, okay, so I asked you this off air, but I am going to ask you this on air. Uh, you're a tall person. What would your uh, nickname be? Probably Shorty. Shorty. I have no idea what nickname I would <laughs> they, go with. They, they did say that they don't think everyone's going to be creative. They think that it's going to be like hockey, where everybody just puts a Y at the end of their name. Yeah. They think that's going to be a lot. See, of See, my happens. name doesn't work for that though. Like Springery, it just doesn't sound right. You can't. No, Springy, but it's like Kingery. Springy. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. similar to Kingery. So that's right? what I should put on my jersey. I think. I think that the the individualization is good, especially in baseball, where they are having a, they're struggling to find faces. There's of the a game. lack of personality. Yeah. And, and and you see this in the NFL is that even though the NFL is very strict in the in the the code of what people are allowed to wear down to their socks, um, even pregame like Beckham and people like that have gotten these artists to make these amazing shoes that they wear during the pregame and they tweet about them. And I Things think they, for charity. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. So I think it, I think that's what will happen. Is Major League Baseball will all be watching everybody's shoes. It that lets you learn more about the athletes that you watch. Really, yes. The thing about baseball, it's a, a unlike football where they get to do a touchdown dance and they get to spike the ball and they got bat little, flips in baseball. Well, in baseball, in baseball, in baseball, they can't even do a home run dance. Well, they can, well, but they then they get thrown at. You. Right, at, right. Exactly. They can, they can do it, but because of you, then they're going to get thrown at. Yes, because because the baseball <laughs> traditionists like Jeff Rutberg say, "Duck, get out of the way. Just just make sure it doesn't hit your chin." <laughs> okay. Speaking of ducking, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> receivers last year weren't ducking they were dropping and so they made a lot of signings in the offseason uh, brought in Alshon Jeffrey brought in Torrey Smith have a lot more depth this past week we saw Jeremy Macklin cut and there were discussions that the Eagles might be interested but it turns out he's going to Baltimore they said it was they said there were three teams it was the Ravens Bills and Eagles came down to the Ravens and the Eagles and he went to the Ravens but but the Eagles didn't have the money for him so you don't mind, Jeff, that no. they, they did not no. take Macklin? No, he uh, he left once. Uh, See, again, this is that. <laughs> wow, you are scorned, he, huh? That's right. Jeff Rupperg is. If he, you leave this town, man. It, it's, they, they, they don't need him. They don't need him. It, really? Have, Aguilar so you, you, and DGB <laughs> are still with it. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, so, cut, so, cut your mic. So, <laughs> if, you, if you're going with DGB as an argument. That can't be working out for anybody. He's not going to be on this team, by the way. DGB is not going to be on this roster. They say that Aguilar did really well in the OT. Everybody Wait, looks good you, in shorts. Do you think this is the next greatest show on turf? Is, is that what you're saying? I don't. Do the Eagles? I, I don't know. No, nah, I, I, I don't. don't. I don't, I don't How think could Macklin not have been an upgrade? Well, again, over who? 
who do you get rid of? Because Aguilar, Ag- but Aguilar right, costs then. you more to get rid of than he does to keep because of the way that his contract Jeffrey? structure. That's the only reason he's here. Jeffrey? No, they're going to keep I, uh, him. See, I think Jeffrey runs a different type of route than Mack. Yeah, but he'll be hurt by the Macklin third week. can run more of the route tree. Uh, right. But so could Macklin. I, I was surprised that they didn't go for it because of Peterson and be the familiarity right. with the offense and the city. He would have fit right back in. That was what surprised me about that. Uh, Jason Peters got a, reworked his deal and has a contract extension to stay. He wants to retire as an Eagle. Any thoughts on that, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm happy they're going to keep him. I think he'll do well this year. It does screw up their plans to move Lane Johnson to the outside over time, you know, assuming he stays on the field. Right. But that was their plan initially is that Lane Johnson would be moved out to left tackle and he would replace Jason Peters and you'd have depth on the line. So I, I'd rather have Lane Johnson and Peters as opposed to just Lane Johnson. I agree with you. So, I agree with you. I think you're a stronger offensive yeah. line. Um, Can we talk about Marcus Smith for a second? No. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he He... He, I, I mean, heard, I heard if he, there's anybody who should be doing all that they can, he should be parking people's cars at the facility trying to keep a job he, with he the said, people they brought in on the defensive line. And instead, he's giving me they're voluntary. They're yes, vol- OTAs are voluntary. And you know what? People could see how committed you are. But and as a first round pick, you've done nothing. He said he was watching film at home which is what he would have been doing here. Really? Because if that's what he did in the past, it didn't work. He was playing mad. He was practicing (laughs) at home. (laughs) I could practice at home, too. I'm not going to be on the NFL football field. Uh, I mean, seriously, I understand that these things are voluntary. Yeah, that was your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of other reasons I'm not playing sports. I get that these things are voluntary, but I have a problem with somebody who has not endeared themselves to the team in terms of living up to what has been placed in them in terms of responsibility with the draft to not take it seriously and come. Well, I, and I, I get I it. It's collectively bargained. Agreed, yeah. I understand. But but remember, Brandon Graham, had a, uh, his first two years were not very good. I thought he was going to get cut, and then he did better. I, yeah, but nobody questioned his heart. Yeah. That's true. And Marcus That's true. Smith, there's a, a lot of questions about, right. about him. I, I wonder whether he ends up making this roster. He's the anti-all-fair. I, I wonder whether he ends up making this <laughs> roster. Okay, NHL playoffs are over, guys. Uh, did you watch? Yes. yes. Every watch minute. finals? Yes. Uh, is there anything better than the handshakes at the end of the series? The actual games. Other the, than Doc Emmerich calling them, by he, the way. He is amazing. Doc Emmerich. I could he, listen to Doc Emmerich call, read me a lullaby to bed. Yeah, he, he 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 is the best announcer in sports, hands I down. I think he is fantastic. He makes every second of every game sound like it's exciting. I'm on the edge of my seat, and I've got no rooting interest. It, it really was pretty amazing. And, and you know what? The NHL is doing the opposite of what the NBA does. There is clear parity in the NHL. Unfortunately, it doesn't lead to this. The Flyers winning a Stanley Cup, but, but you saw some spectacular. Yeah, hockey. but you you have two small market, mid market teams that are making the finals, and next year I'm telling you it's going to be another small market team in Edmonton who you're going to see there. So. Guys, last minute of the show, uh, Jeff Rupert, you're not as big of a golf fan as Jeff Cohen. Will you be watching the U.S. Open this week, Jeff Cohen? I, Will I be? Yes. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. You're watching it right now yes, on I the am. screen. <laughs> Jeff Robert, are you going to watch? No, we're going to the theater a couple times, okay, and then I'm going so to the pool on Sunday. So, so if they have the game, if they have it on, you. yeah, there, there's a TV in there. And we can they have do water it. on golf courses. Well, that's, that's going to do it for us. We are out of time this week. We're going to finish it up on that golf talk. Everybody have a great week. We look forward to joining you next Friday in drive time. Thank you to our producer, Ben, behind the glass. Everybody Thanks, have ben. a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.